welcome to another edition of Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Auld. On this week's podcast, a man who has had a glittering playing career in Scotland and also abroad as well. We'll also look at his managerial career. He's managed Inverness Cali Thistle, been a player manager of the club, and then was player assistant manager at Ross County as well. It gives me great pleasure to welcome onto the podcast, Craig Brewster. Craig, how are you? Yeah, very good morning to you. Yeah, very well, thanks. Good, Craig. Now, you're obviously, we're going to look at your past, your, your playing career, uh, and obviously your managerial career as well, especially in the Highlands. But uh, bring us up to date uh, in terms of future tense, uh, because you're, you're down south. You have been now for just over nine years. Uh, you're currently director of, uh, sporting director even at Horsham. Uh, how are things down the road? Yeah, at, at Horsham, uh, it's going very well. Uh, I'm actually head of, head of the youth. Okay. With the, with the kids and uh, it's going well there and I've also set up my own uh, little venture uh, which I coach 8 to 13 year olds now that, uh, that's been going very well and it's blown me away with the numbers uh, of, of kids so that's that's an exciting project for me as well so things are going well just now I can't quite believe where the time has gone 9 years since you were uh, last in the Highlands, obviously you had that, that spell at Ross County with, with Derek, a very successful spell, which we'll, we'll touch on. But can you quite believe, you know, it's been nine years uh, since you were last up here and obviously you've had your own successes down south as well? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've popped in uh, an overnight stay in Inverness uh, a year ago because my wife's family are from uh, Lewis. So we went up to Lewis, so it was a stopover seeing my mate in Inverness, uh, but apart from that, I haven't been back in, in uh, nine years, you know, and it's amazing how quickly life just flies by, but I had, uh, I had real good uh, times and some great memories of uh, managing up in Inverness. Yeah, and we'll get to those um, terrific years you had up in Inverness uh, with Cali Thistle and Ross County as well. Uh, Craig, I'm going to I'm gonna take you back to the, well, not the start of your playing career, because Actually, the 93-94 season was, personally for me, uh, a very big season. That was the first uh, game that I ever attended uh, as a kid. Uh, everyone knows that I'm of Maroon Persuasion. I was uh, I went to an Edinburgh Derby, and that was my first ever game under the floodlights at Tyne Castle in uh, January 94, and a one-all draw against Hibs. And from then, I fell in love with football. But for me, my uh, I've always had a big thing about the Scottish Cup. And actually, the 94 Scottish Cup final was the first Scottish Cup final that I remember sitting down to watch. Now, of course, the 1994 Scottish Cup final, I don't mean, I don't mean to, to make you feel old by any stretch of the imagination, but I was just about to turn eight at the time. But for me, that was a big moment in my life, watching that Scottish Cup final. I had no allegiance to Dundee United or Rangers, but I just, you know, it was a, a cup final I'll always remember. That was a cup final that you um, had a big, big part to play in. <laughs> You'll always remember it. So take us back, because that was your first season at Dundee United. You had a, a terrific spell with with Forfar and Wraith. And what I like about this story about Dundee United is you're a cup final hero. The, the club win the Scottish Cup for the first time. But you were actually rejected at United as a youngster by Jim McLean. Is that right? Well, I was uh, I was training at Dundee United from, from about 10, 11 years of age and uh, signed schoolboy for him. They never took me on full-time because I was never quick enough uh, at 16, 17. So I signed part-time 
and then I started uh, a job, and then they freed me. And then nine, ten years later, they bought me back for uh, £250,000. So <laughs> hopefully I repaid them. I'm sure you did with that Scottish Cup uh, when, as I say, that was your day. Yeah, the, the, the thing was that I had two amazing years at Race Rovers with Jimmy Nicol before that. Mm-hmm. And we just got promoted to the Premier League. And uh, at that time, uh, I'd scored a few goals and a few clubs came sniffing. So Hearts, Hearts were keen to take me. Sandy Clark wanted to, to sign me, but they were, they were scared to go to a tribunal under uh, Wallace Mercer. And uh, Jim McLean came in and said, you do not sign. So uh, Jim wanted uh, to take me back to Dundee United. So it was just when he went upstairs and Ivan came in. So Ivan never really knew me. It mm-hmm. was Jim McLean that signed me again. So I, uh, I signed again. Uh, and things, I played the first game of the season, but I never had a pre-season. And I played wide left, which Jimmy Nick had made me striker for the previous two years. And the game just bypassed me. And uh, Ivan must have thought, all right, who's this... Uh, Who's this player was signed? And uh, I was I was sort of banished to the reserves for uh, quite a period. I probably missed about another 10 or 12 games. Came back, scored against Partick, and that was my Dundee United career off and running. And, uh, and my, my goal in the cup final was my 20th that season. So I, th- I think uh, I, uh, I proved a few people that I could play, you know. As you said there, Jim McLean, brings you back to the, the football club. When Jim McLean talks, people listen, don't they? Yeah, very much. He was a he was a, a amazing character, uh, Jim McLean. You know, he was feared by by many a player, uh, just the way he uh, he managed them, you know. It was but he had in the eighties he had uh, you know, teams at Dundee United that just uh, you you'll never get uh, the quality Again, you know, and getting to uh, European Cup finals, getting beat from Roma in the semi-final, just so many, like like losing to St. Martin in the Scottish Cup final on the Saturday and losing to Gothenburg in the final of the UEFA Cup on the, in the midweek, you know, and that, that the Scottish Cup final in, in 94, where I'd been, Dundee United lost six Cup finals on the bounce, and... Uh, we're we're going up against a Rangers team that are going for back-to-back treble with players like Haley, McCoyst, Goff, McCall, Mikhailichenkov, uh, Gary Stevens, Trevor Steven. You know, just uh, unbelievable quality. And uh, under our Dundee United team, uh, you know, people gave us real no chance. And and. With Ivan coming in, and you know that he just made it relax. We beat Rangers three 0 Ibrox that season, so everybody had a an inner belief that, by the way, we could do that. And certainly, Ivan believed that we could do it. And uh, we, as a group, the team were just amazing that day. And I was the lucky one to score the goal, but the performance was absolutely brilliant from every individual. And uh, it was it was a happy 
happy night, happy week after, and and then it's twenty six years later. I know it's quite incredible. Again, how how time flies. Uh, the goal that you score, you know, as a striker, you've scored a lot of goals throughout your career. No doubt that that's probably the easiest goal that you'll ever score. Um, so Ali Maxwell, there's a bit of a confusion in the defence. Christian Daly knocks it across the uh, from the angle that comes back off the post. But as a striker, I suppose you have to be there at the right place at the right time to, to knock it into the net. Yeah, people said it was an easy goal. It's an easy goal if you're in the right place. If I, I'd, I'd originally uh, flicked the ball on from Gordon Petrich past to me. So I just kept, I just kept running. And Christian did absolutely brilliant. And uh, as it was coming across the goal, I'm praying it's going to come off the post because I'm on 19 goals and that was a sweet number as well. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, just sometimes in life uh, you get lucky. So that was uh, that was a great day. Now you're the third guest that we've had on that's that's that scored a, a match-winning uh, Scottish Cup. Goal, James Vincent on, of course, McCallie Thistle and Brian Irvin scored that match winner for Aberdeen uh, back 30 years ago. Quite incredible as well. Um, talk to us about the, the, the moment well, the moment that you score the goal, but also after the game, um, the, the celebrations. Dundee United win the Scottish Cup for the for the first time in their history, am I right in saying? I mean, that must have been a, a quite incredible moment. Absolutely, because I've been to five previous cup finals and, and, uh, and seen them lose. And then to be on the pitch and, and score the winning goal was, you know, a fairy tale. And you know, gave this, gave my shot to my dad at the end, and my dad said that was the best day of his life. So <laughs> that's obviously uh, meant something, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, the celebrations back in Dundee that night were incredible. And then the scenes in the city square on the Sunday afternoon were well sort of live with me forever that was just incredible and uh, and then we went to we had a player that uh, Dundee United signed from Trinidad and Tobago Jared Nixon so we went to Trinidad on the, the midweek and, hey, okay. uh, so that was a nice a nice finish to the to the celebrations absolutely um, I can't think of any better place than to head away to the, the Caribbean Ivan Golick you mentioned him there he obviously came into Scottish football and was a a bit of a breath of fresh air. Uh, you know, some different thinking. Uh, you, you mentioned there the belief that Ivan gave the team that they would go on and, and win that Scottish Cup that season. Talk to us about the man himself because I dare say I might be might be wrong, but had you experienced a manager like him before in in your in your playing career? No, he was certainly different. He'd, uh, he'd been a real good player for uh, Southampton when Southampton had a, a fabulous team in the days of Mick Channing and, and Alan Ball, Kevin Keegan. So uh, he, he certainly was a, a, a top professional. And then coming into management, going from Jim McLean, uh, who Dundee United had, had managed for the previous however many years, and with Jim going upstairs, Ivan coming in and, and totally different management skills, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, a lot of these younger kids, suddenly the weight was off the shoulders, you know. And Ivan used to say to them, just go and enjoy it, you know, and express yourself. So it was a breath of fresh air from, from, uh, from that. 
perspective. When we, you know, Ivan used to say to the press, Let's, uh, we're going for a walk in the park and smell the flowers and that type of thing. And he, he said, oh, Jaron Nixon's going to be £20 million pounds worth. So it was, uh, some of the stuff he, he came out with was a bit uh, entertaining. But we certainly need, that's the, what we need in Scottish football. We need the entertainers like that, you know, guys that are going to be, uh, have different opinions. You, um, you stayed with Dundee United for another couple of seasons. Um, we, yes, uh, last week on the podcast we had Richard Hastings, who who spent some time in, in Austria and Holland as well. Now you you leave Dundee United and you go to Greece. You join Iconicos uh, in Greece and have a terrific spell there with them. When you when it comes to leaving Dundee United, what's the, the thinking for yourself going abroad? Because a lot of Scottish players are reluctant to go abroad and experience it. There has been a, a few examples in the last couple of years, but. Was that something you were, you know, keen to do? No, it just came out right out of the blue. Ian. What happened was my contract was up at Dundee United and uh, I'd scored nearly 50 goals in three seasons. So mm-hmm. I thought I was worth more than what they offered me. So I'd spoke to an agent. I'd never had an agent, uh, a guy, Blair Morgan. And when I'd spoke to him, he says, look, I'm going to wait at Greece with Stephen Tweed, who... Uh, Stephen played for Hibs mm-hmm. and was signed for and was signing for Yoni Kos. So Blair said, "When I come back from Greece, I'll get on the case." So then Blair phones me a day later when he's in Greece and says, uh, "Yoni Kos want to sign you." I went, "What?" He said, uh, "Yeah, Yoni Kos want to sign you. They've uh, made inquiries and they're very keen." And it just felt something just felt right at the time. And uh, that was it. And what had happened was John Mark Bossman had won his case in court yep. uh, over over transfer, having a free transfer. So I could go to Europe free, uh, whereas I'm, if I, I couldn't go to England free. And uh, so I went to, I thought I was actually going to Millwall with Jimmy Nicol, and that sort of backfired. And... Uh, so I went to Greece and uh, absolutely loved it. Signed a year. The following year, I signed another year. And then my, th- my th- third year, uh, three-year contract. So overall, five years, thoroughly enjoyed it. I was nearly signing for AEK with the last six months to go. And if I maybe I had signed for AEK, I might, I might still be in Greece today. Mm. You, you never know. But... Uh, when, when my club knocked that back, the chance for me to play for a real big club, because AEK were one of the, the giants in Greece. Oh, yeah. And uh, when that never happened, I was uh, I was a bit disappointed. And that's when I came back to Scotland that summer and went for a trial with big Alec McLeish at Hibs. And uh, as a 34-year-old, and uh, he was delighted to uh, take me on. Going back to your, your time in Greece there, because you you play UEFA Cup football, you um, unfortunately lose to AEK Athens in the, the Greek Cup final in the year 2000, but you are Yonikos' fourth uh, highest goal scorer. You scored a lot of goals over there. As you say, you're, that, you're a terrific five-year spell. Is that something that you would in, encourage you know, Scottish players you know, to, to go abroad and, and sample a different lifestyle? Absolutely. You know, sometimes... Uh we look at things that we 
players, people have opportunities to, to go and do something and it's up to them to, uh, to accept it. I just thought the opportunity for me to go abroad, I was at a good age, I was, at, I was 29 years of age and uh, I just felt it was a, a good time to go and experience something different and uh, it certainly was different but I loved the lifestyle as well and, and that, uh, that as well as the football helped me settle. I had uh, my mate Big Stephen uh, for a year. Stephen only signed for a year so he came back to England after that. Mm-hmm. But, but having him and his wife Victoria there to start with really helped which was, uh, which was tremendous. Now as you mentioned there uh, you go from sunshine on Greece to sunshine on Leith. And you signed for the, the, the mighty Hibernian with uh, Alex McLeish. Now, that's a kind of crazy uh, season for the club because you experience uh, three managers. Alex McLeish uh, shortly after leaves for Rangers. Um, I think it was in the, around about the October-November time. Frank Sozzi uh, takes over, um, a, a legend of, of the game. Uh, he obviously had a, a very unfortunate uh, spell as manager there. And Bobby Williamson comes in towards the end. Talk to us about that season. You had one season with him. Talk to us about that that season at Easter Road for you. You know, when Alex signed me, and he signed a 34-year-old. People certainly had uh, big questions over who's this guy, Brewster, you know. And then, uh, starting the season, I think uh, I'd, I'd showed them that uh, I was still fit enough, I could play. And uh, then Alec, Alec, big Alex goes to the Rangers, and Frank takes over. Now, I'd, I'd uh, done my shoulder, so I was out for three months. So I think I came back one of the last games that Frank was in charge before uh, losing his job, mm-hmm. uh, which was disappointing. And then Bobby Williamson came in, and we had a great finish to the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, me on a personal note, uh, I was up front with... Uh, uh, a couple of young boys and uh, you know it, it really we did well and uh, that was when Sky Sky end of that season Sky pulled out of uh, so then uh, Rod Peatney the chairman at the time of Hibs went we're not signing anybody until we know what's happening so now now I'm 35 and <clears throat> thinking what am I going to do you know and uh, because he w- they wouldn't give me any guarantees and then Jimmy Calderwood came in at Dunfermline and offered me a two year contract so I was uh, absolutely delighted to uh, that uh, he, him and Jimmy Nick had showed uh, faith in myself and, and wanted to sign me You, you mentioned there um, a couple of youngsters Amari and saying that you had a a, quite a good partnership with Gary O'Connor. Gary O'Connor was this raw striker coming through uh, at Hibs yeah, at that time. Gary O'Connor, yes. Ian and, and Derek Riordan, you know, mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. young boys that were, uh, were bright and, and uh, showed real potential early. But uh, the partnership I built up with Gary uh, was really good and, and suddenly he got in the Scotland squad So and, and he went on then to have a, a real good career. Mm-hmm. Now, when I talk about strike partners, there, I mean you—you you had this good partnership with Gary O'Connor. You go across the across the Fife, across the Firth to join them, Fermline. 
and it's a really successful time for Dunfermline. I mean, Jimmy Calderwood had a had a cracking team there, a lot of good players. There was yourself and Stevie Crawford up front, the likes of Barry Nicholson was in there as well, uh, Scott Thompson, you know, a real real good team. Um, talk to us about that time at East End Park, because, I mean, that partnership that you had with Stevie Crawford was, was something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stevie was a young boy when I was at Red Rovers way back. And uh, then... Joining joining Dunfermline and the the partnership Steve and I had, it, we we never uh, obviously knew each other well, but our understanding it was like we were telepathic. It, he knew what I was doing and I knew what he was doing, and and the chemistry really worked well. And that first season, I was just short of two and a half years before I before I went to Inverness mm-hmm. at Dunfermline, and the first year at Dunfermline. With Stevie and and the boys were absolutely brilliant, and uh, we qualified for Europe that year. And uh, the second season, there was a lot of talk about Stevie going here or there. So whether his uh, mind was somewhere else, but the, that first season was just unbelievable. The second season, you you, you almost—I mean, ten years on from your—you done the United Scottish Cup triumph, you. You lose out to Celtic in what's called the, the Henrik Larsson final. That was his final game for the club. But, I mean, you had a real good time at Dunfermline, as I said there. That Stevie Crawford partnership that you guys had, is that perhaps one of the, the best partnerships that you've had throughout your career? I've had a couple with, with Gordon DL at Wraith Rovers. That was, uh, that was entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. Again, we had a real good team. But, uh, yeah, the, myself and... DL and myself and Crawford, yeah, the, that, those two partnerships were uh, were the best, yeah, that uh, I can remember. Now you mentioned earlier there about Gary O'Connor when you were working with him. Gary O'Connor went on to be involved with Scotland. So too did Stevie Crawford as well. Now I remember around about that time as well that people were actually calling for yourself to get into the Scotland squad. Is that something that you? I don't know how how close that was. Is that something you look back on and think, well, what if? I mean, age. Doesn't really matter. You were banging in the goals uh, in the in the, Sc- the Scottish Premiership. Is that something you look back on and think, what if, in terms of that Scotland call up? No, no, no. It was nice to get to uh, be quoted, uh, but it would it would it would also have been fabulous uh, at the end of the career to say I've had a Scotland cap, you know. Uh, but it wasn't to be, and maybe when I was in Greece, five years out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, people people don't. Uh, didn't really look, and uh, suddenly then you get to your mid set, nearly mid set. He's coming back to Scotland, and then suddenly people are talking about he should be playing for Scotland. But for me, maybe just too late. Now you mentioned there your time at Dunfermline comes to an end, two thousand and four. Now you're still playing for Dunfermline at the start of the two thousand and four five season. Uh, John Robertson, as we all know, gets the opportunity to rejoin Harps as manager, and there's a vacancy appears in the Highlands. I want to first of all find out just how about that came out, that that move to Inverness came about, um, because I'm I'm assuming you know you're you're 37 at the time, you know you're coming to the end. I mean I know you, you played for uh, many years after that, but your playing career coming to an end. Um, management is that something you always wanted to get into? I started doing my coaching badges here, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you go from a player one day to a player manager the next day. It's quite a transition, you know, and, uh, you know, 
there's not been many people who have been successful at it, but uh, it, it just felt right and it came out of the blue. I got uh, uh, called into the office at Dunfermline and to say that uh, Inverness had been uh, on the phone inquiring, would you be interested in going as, uh, as their manager? So, uh, Graham Bennett gave me a call mm-hmm. and uh, that was it. it. Again, I just had a vibe that by the way, this is this is right, you know. Mm-hmm. I had a, a good feeling. This was this was uh, obviously John Robertson, who's obviously manager now. Robbo left to go to Hearts. This was the first season in the Premier League, and everybody had tipped uh, them to go straight back down, you know. So I arrived in the in the Highlands. Uh, I brought in my assistant, Malky Thompson. Mm-hmm. And the pair of us absolutely loved it. Got uh, Charlie Christie on board as coach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Joe, along with John Dockery, who was previously there. And uh, honestly, it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, just went from... So, to, to be a player one day and then to... We joined and we were away at Hibs, the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was my first team talk on the Saturday at the hotel, and uh, you know you're looking at you're looking at everybody in front of you, thinking everybody looks the same, and uh, you know it's a it's a big people say about oh, uh, a manager, it's it's a it's a big job and it's a tough job, and uh, I went in there. The reaction I got from the players. Honestly, from Inverness players, where it was top draw. You know, the, I've seen in the first game because I'd watched a couple of games. Yep. Previous, because the the team were playing at, at Petardry mm-hmm. for the home games mm-hmm. that season because the stadium wasn't ready. They didn't have the the uh, the seat allocation, so they had to play their away games, uh, their home games at Petardry, a hundred miles away. So I'd seen a couple of games and. Uh, in certain areas, uh, I liked certain things. So the first game away, away at Hibs, uh, we'll get beat 2-0. And we made a couple of changes late on the game, got back to 2-1, and suddenly we looked like a serious team. And I thought, go on then. So our next two games, so my first game is away at Hibs, second at home to Rangers and home at Hearts. That's right, yeah. So I'm thinking, tough. Well, Graham Bain scored after about eight minutes at Petaudry, the, 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 the next game against Rangers. And honestly, the, the way the players uh, played for me, honestly, it just uh, it, it, it brings a tear to my eye. And uh, Dado Perso, you remember with Dado? Yeah, yeah, the Croatian, yeah. minutes to go, one each. And, and I think the confidence that the players got from, from that was massive. And then the following uh, week against Robbo's Hearts, again, we had another draw. So that, that gave the, the, the belief, the self-belief to the players was an evident, you know, and it, it just went from strength to strength there. From, from being a team that were tipped for relegation, it was uh, a real happy time. So we get to... We get to the uh, you know the final uh, last 
five games of the season, the the, the playoff. Mm-hmm. So we're 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 playing Dundee at home, and uh, it's probably the best game that uh, I've I've uh, been involved in with Inverness. So we had to win by four clear goals to get the top six in the Premier League in the first season. So the football we played that first half against Dundee was, as I said, the best I've been involved in in Inverness. We were 3-0 up and uh, the half-time whistle came and, and then Dundee got back in the uh, second half and scored two goals. We won 3-2 and just missed out on goal difference being in the top six in the first season in the Premier League. It's, uh, it was uh, quite an achievement. Yeah, because I mean, Cali Thistle had that kind of not a, a rocky start, they had a slow start that season. Um, you obviously come in and replace John. In the January, you're obviously still registered as a, as a player uh, with Dunfermline. You get the opportunity then to become player manager in January. Was that always going to be the case where you're always going to you know pull on the boots? Well, I, I felt still in good shape because uh, I trained obviously every day with the boys mm-hmm. and uh, they could see I could still play and I, and I picked my games because when I came in in the end of October Ian, yep. so I couldn't play for, for those uh, first couple of months which was great anyway because I could I could see see all the players anyway and uh, and then come come January when I was allowed to play uh, I really just picked picked certain games that would uh, would suit the the team and uh, I think it worked well when you um when you're playing in a team, it's funny, we've spoke to a few of your of, of players that have played under you um, and just that kind of player-manager, you know, guys that are used to just having a, a manager on the sidelines but then now having a player-manager. Um, Graham Bain actually said that, he, you know, you're one of his best strike partners that he's, that he's played alongside. Um, Russell, I think Russell Duncan said that, you know, he would moan at anyone regardless of if it was a manager or not. You know, that was just the way he played football. But how was that um, adapting to then... You know, being a, a player manager, you know, playing in the game, having to then have, you know, difficult conversations with them on the pitch rather than being off it. Well, I, I, I like to think that I'm honest with myself. So I, I, I would never kid myself on that. That's the one thing with myself, Ian. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, it, when you have a bad game, there's no point saying, oh, I was brilliant. That, that, that was never me. And I think the players like my honesty and uh, at the end of the day when I said when I was playing I was one of them mm-hmm. so they treat me as one of them and and then it's different when you have your when you come in at half time and have your, your put your uh, manager's hat on that little things like that but when I was on that pitch you know I've got to be one of them and and I think they respected that. I think they could see that uh, what I brought to to the club and the team. And one of the, one of the big one of the big things that uh, I did at Inverness when I, I try to make it as professional as possible, you know, little things and uh, trying to bring lunch into the club and uh, 
I I uh, I got uh, we were given some money from uh, one of the directors mm -hmm. to get some suits. So we the I got uh, there's a friend of mine Keith who has a, a shop in Inverness a nice clothes shop and uh, slaters. So I had a suit from each. So I had a slater suit and a Hugo Boss suit. So when I took that into the dressing room for the players to try on, they were like, ah, ah very good. I was, we'll get the slater's one. So I managed to get them a Boss suit. Okay. So again, little things like that just showed the players what I thought of them. And obviously, you know, just that alone, they felt a million dollars, you know? And... Uh, for, for me, just little little touches that we made at Inverness, I think uh, really really helped the players massively, and, and they got a belief that, by the way, this club's going somewhere. When you talk about changes that you you made um, in terms of in and around um, with the players, a few of the guys have, have fed back. In fact, Barry Wilson on episode one said that the changes that you uh, implemented prolonged his his playing career. Uh, in terms of you know the fitness work with the players, I'm not saying the players didn't do any fitness work, but before, but you know the 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 emphasis you had on fitness, obviously improved the players, and that season season o five o six, so you're you're into you finished your first season at your second season. I remember Cali where I mean they were they they started really strong, and it got to a stage just before Christmas where, you know they were turning draws into wins. And, and defeats into draws by just, I mean, the, the team was always a good fighting team. They always scrapped, but they were lasting right to the final whistle, you know, and I think that, that fitness definitely had an impact. Yeah, very much. I think, well, if I wasn't fit, I wouldn't have been able to play mm -hmm. uh, in, in my mid-30s. So it's, uh, it shows you, I think people say, some managers used to say, oh, he's getting on, so he, he, he does less. For me, that's nonsense. At the end of the day, you've got to put in the work to, to keep your, your body going, you know? And for me, at the, the start, Barry Wilson played the first game for me down at Hibs. And I'd seen Barry the previous couple of games, and I thought he was a, a million miles off it in terms of fitness-wise, because Bass was the best player. Mm -hmm. But if, if, if you're not... Baz was the best player when he was fit, but when when you're not fit, you're not you're far from the best player, and you're not contributing. So I I left them out the second game against Rangers, and I think that had a, a amazing effect on the rest of the players because they, they I pulled Barry in and I said to him, I said Barry, I'm going to leave you out. I says I need another uh, a, a month or so of really good training, hard training, to get you back to a level where you're a threat for us. I said, if, if, I said, you'll obviously not be happy. I said, but you either go two ways. You, you bite the bullet or, or you go down the road. And I think the respect that the, the players uh, seen from that, me leaving the best player out, the team, showed that we meant business. And I'll never forget, you know, that first game 
when Barry was left out, he was warming up and I gave him a shout for the last 15 minutes. The way he came on that pitch was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, and that was that was the, the kick up the backside that Barry needed. And I think he, he realised, because he, Barry was a clever boy, and that was the, the kick up the backside he needed to realise, by the way, if I want to continue my career, this I've got to keep working, working. And, and he did that. And honestly, some of the performances he had was brilliant. And he was that player that was different. He could carry the ball. He had a goal in him. And he had that experience. So we needed a fit. Barry Wilson, and, and we got it. And he, he certainly mentioned that, uh, as I said, he, he mentions in the very first episode that we recorded back in February, he you know, he, he, he understood where you were where you were uh, coming from and it helped uh, prolong his career. Um, and he obviously is now coaching back at the club as well. We mentioned Dundee United at the very start. You moved to Dundee United, uh, take over, sorry, as manager of Dundee United uh, at the start of 2006. Um, now, I know that Dundee United is a, a big club, um, a big part of your life anyway, and it, it comes to an end uh, later that year. How do you uh, look back and sum up your, your time as Dundee United manager? Uh, not great. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Ian. When I, when I went to meet the chairman at uh, Dundee United, mm-hmm. I, didn't get, I didn't get a good vibe. Like, when I came back to Greece to sign for Hibs, I knew it was meant to be. I sign for Dunfermline, I get a good vibe. I get a great vibe again, going to the Highlands, buzzing. When I signed for United, I knew, I knew I'm not getting a good vibe. But I just thought somebody had to get Dundee United right. And so I don't get a good vibe from him. I come off the bench my first game against Aberdeen. Dundee United, Tannerice is rocking and I fracture my tibia first game. And I, uh, I've, I've got, I'm on crutches for six weeks or so. A manager on crutches is not, no, no great. Yeah. yeah. So then we play in Varnes at home. And, uh, the boys are obviously, Inverness boys are up for it, obviously showing that, by the way, why did you leave Craig? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we score, Dundee United score early, and then we get a penalty, and uh, we miss the penalty. And, because in the early play, it was, I turned to Malky and said, Malky, this could be four or five for us today. So, as as Inverness players do, they dig deep, they they graft and they fight and they scrap, they get back into it, and uh, they go ahead. They go ahead in the game, and then second half, second half was embarrassing for us at Dundee United, uh, and I think, I think. Inverness won 4-2 that game. Yeah, that's right. I turned to Malky, I turned to Malky mid second half, I said, Malky, this could be five or six against us today. Mm-hmm. Having, having said, because we came out the trap really early in the game and we were going well, having said 
that what I said in the, the first half about us and then in the second half saying it could be five or six against it just uh, summed up uh, summed up my uh, Dundee United career but uh, I had one or two good days I signed, I signed three players that went on to play in the English Premier League I set up St Andrews University for them mm-hmm. which which Dundee United are still there to this day but I just I just didn't get a good vibe and uh, that's what happened yeah, and I think once you're, it's almost like your instinct kicks in. You know, you just get that, uh, you know, gut feeling that, that things aren't going to go your way. Um, you, you, your time comes to an end, as I say, later in 2006 at Dundee United, and then you're you're on the lookout again. You, you team up with your old uh, your old mucker, uh, well, your old muckers, the two Jimmies at Aberdeen. Uh, talk to us a wee bit more about about Jimmy Calderwood because we probably glossed over that at Dunfermline. You, you rejoin him uh, in Aberdeen and, and, and as a player. Uh, talk to us about Jimmy Calderwood because he, he's a, a fantastic character in Scottish football. Oh, he is. And uh, I still keep, to, keep in touch with him to this day. Yep. I phone him every uh, three or four weeks and give him a bit of stick. You know, he's not in great health at the minute, mm-hmm. uh, but I still give him a bit plenty of stick. No, I, I love my time under the two Jimmies. And, uh, you know, so... so when I left United, uh, end of sort of was it November, uh, end of October, uh, two thousand six. Again, I just I went training because uh, I lived, I lived in, uh, I still live in Edinburgh. Right. So, so uh, I, I trained at various places to keep myself fit, and out the blue, Jimmy Calderwood said, "Come up to Aberdeen." And uh, as a 40-year-old, people were like, oh, what's happened? I thought, Ian, I was just going in to, to you know, be around the training ground, yeah. maybe play the odd game. So uh, I came off the bench, first game against Hibs in the Cup, scored, set up, uh, set up the equaliser. And uh, obviously the Aberdeen fans then suddenly thought, by the way, this boy can play still at forty, <laughs> so that was that was uh, a real boost as well, early doors, and uh, with with uh, Jimmy, he knew Jimmy knew that, and 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 uh, he still he still drove me on, he still uh, gave me stick, and it was just we had a real good team at Aberdeen then, mm-hmm. and uh, so. I'd signed six months till the end of the season and then we qualified for Europe and uh, so he gave me another six months and over the summer again uh, I'm keeping myself trim uh, back to pre-season feeling great and then August comes <laughs> and I'm top scorer I think I've got about four goals for uh, Aberdeen in August and uh, I think I'm one of the top scorers in Scotland after a month yep. and then Charlie Charlie uh, Christie who was Inverness manager at the time yep. uh, uh, took a back, a back seat and uh, they asked me to come back and I was uh, again 
delighted because I love my time in, in the Highlands. And uh, so after four games, Inverness had zero points and we were away to Hips and away to Celtic for my first two games back in the Highlands. Yep. So again, we played well at Hips, but we lost. Did okay at Celtic, lost. So at, uh, after six games, zero points, we're bottom the league. And our next game is home to Hearts. That's right. So I was on the bench. And uh, we we lose a, a, a goal, first half, an own goal, 1-0 to Hearts. And we get in at half time. I think I'm saying to the boys, look, just keep it going. A goal will will really lift us. Anyway, I'm warming I'm warming up behind the goal. Uh, no, I think we've we've got back in back into the game. One each, and they've got a free kick, and I'm I'm warming up at the side of the goal, and the Hearts have got a free kick at the bottom end of the the stadium mm -hmm. and uh, they've taken it and it's hit the post and come out and I said to myself that's our turning point for our season so I've come off the bench with 10 minutes to go and scored uh, about the 94th minute that's right, one, yeah. two, one. that's right and that was the last I think that was the last time I played a league match for Inverness that's right because that was your, your last appearance uh, yes and uh and the boys just went on from strength to strength after that. Yeah, you uh, scored a. I think it's is a. It's definitely a volley. I want to say a volley. I, yes, I was there that day. Yes, yes, yes. and uh, just what you know. Again, sometimes things are meant to be, and, and and that was it. You know, me being in the in the in the Highlands back in a in a place an environment where I was really happy. I think the players were happy to have me back. So. It, it was just a win-win situation, and uh, but sadly, it, it, uh, about 15 months later, it, uh, I lost my job. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that, uh, well, well, first of all, later on that season, because you go on a, a quite incredible run. You beat Celtic, Hearts and Hibs during one calendar month. You are voted Manager of the Month in December 2007, um, and, and during that, that run as well, I think we've talked about him a couple of times on the podcast you know, obviously, you know, by all accounts, a lovely guy. Uh, a lot of guys had uh, a lot to, to say about his character. Uh, but you got Marius Nikolai, uh, you know, kick-started his Inverness kind of goal-scoring goal run. Now, I know a lot was made about the wages he was on. A couple of players were unhappy about that as well. That must have been a difficult situation for you that season. You know, just coming into this club, this player's been signed. He's on a bit more than some of the other guys. There's a wee bit of unrest, but... You've still got to, you know, marry the two and, and, and get Marius playing. Well, when I came, yes, it was uh, obviously well documented that Marius was on a lot of money. So that that obviously made uh, a lot of players unhappy because everybody, or about ninety nine percent players, were on very similar money to each other. So it meant uh, that side of the game was more manageable and easy than uh, at some other clubs. So, when I arrived and, and 
and Marius. Marius was obviously a decent player. But I liked, I liked Marius because he wasn't a big-time Charlie. He never, you know, rubbed uh, uh, people up the wrong way. Or And I said to Marius, as long as you're giving the same effort as these boys are giving, that's all I'm interested in. And I think those boys are interested in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and we got him playing, we got him working, and he scored a few goals for us. And I think the players uh, uh, realised that. So they accepted it. Because that was a big thing, you know, and I had to nail that early on. And I think uh, that certainly happened, that uh, he knuckled down and, and uh, we got him fit, got him scoring goals. And sadly, well, not sadly for the club, but great for him that uh, he then got called up into the national team yep. for the Euros. And then he didn't want to come back after that, and uh, then then he went elsewhere. But that season we had him. Uh, Every cloud has a silver lining because I think Ross Tokley admitted that he used to get his Tesco club card points as well. So, so there you go. Um, he was another diamond, honestly. What a big talks. Uh, he certainly had a good career for uh, late on in his career. Yeah, he had a he had a very good uh, very good career, and especially at, at Cali Thistle as well. You, you mentioned there, obviously, season eight or nine, another difficult one for you. Um, not one that I'm I'm assuming you, you look back on uh, too fondly, but a bit of a sour end because I mean at Cali Thistle, as you say, you had that two spells as uh, as as manager and also playing as well. Uh, difficult to to end in the way it did. Yeah, very much. When, when I look back at the start of the season, obviously Mario, Mario uh, was going into his second year. He never came with us to Denmark. I'd brought... Uh, uh, Adam Rooney. Uh, Rooney. I brought uh, Adam in from Stoke uh, for a week trial and uh, I took him over to Denmark. So we came back and uh, he was delighted to sign. And he was a young boy with a fantastic attitude, great attributes, and I just thought he he could he could be a real good player for the club. Mm-hmm. But the only thing was he was a bit inexperienced. He was still a young boy, and I think that season, being his first in the Premier League, was tough for him. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, we signed a guy, I signed a guy also, Andy Barrowman, yep. from Ross County. Now, Andy had scored nearly 30 goals for Ross County. Okay, albeit uh, a couple of leagues below. So, watched him in pre-season and Malky and I were blown away how good this kid was looking. He was fit, he was strong, he ran all day. He was scoring goals in pre-season games. And then we play against Aberdeen, first game of the season. That's right. Away at Petodre. Now, the club had never beaten Aberdeen. Mm -hmm. And uh, we win 2-0. Andy scores. And uh, Roy McBain scored late on. Mm -hmm. So that was our first 
first uh, game of the season away at Aberdeen, first time with the club had beaten Aberdeen, we were off and running. So things were going well. And then Andy never scored, he scored one other goal, which was a penalty. So when, when uh, the club got rid of me, uh, I think the top scorer was four or five goals. And you need you need you need uh, players to score nearly double figures, you know, mm-hmm. to keep you in jobs. And the the, the thing was, we'd we'd uh, been on a, a losing run of about four games, and then we played Partick Thistle in the cup at home. Mm-hmm. Now Partick were flying in the in the, the first division, which is the championship, and uh, we beat them three 0 And I just signed. I think it's signed Phil Murray mm-hmm. from Hibs and it brought in a couple others and the following week we're away at Hamilton and we lose 1-0 to a penalty at Hamilton and then that's when they said that's it, your time's finished Craig which was, I just felt I was sometimes at United it was the right time yeah things weren't going but at Inverness I was disappointed I thought uh, no I still I've still got these boys you know what I mean I could I could I could sense when when teams are struggling that they don't perform like we battered Hamilton and just couldn't score couldn't score and, and they they win by a penalty 1-0 now for me you got to look at the whole the whole picture not just not just uh, you know the defeats. Look at the whole game, and uh, but that's what they did anyway. And I lost my job. Terry comes in, and the club get relegated. So, uh, and then they got the best out. Adam Rooney. Adam then goes on and scores a lot of goals and and does well for the club. That's right. When you say you, you brought in Adam Rooney there, you know, and 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 got the well, look at the career he's gone on to have. You know, playing for Aberdeen. He's obviously down south now as well. Now, in a kind of strange um, twist of the story, you you join Ross County shortly after as well. Um, you, you go across there to link up with Derek Adams as his assistant manager. And also, you, you, you put the boots back on as well. Now, no word of a lie, um, Sean Higgins actually mentioned this in one of his podcasts. Uh, other, well, personally from myself, other than any goal that Hearts have scored, I think the goal that you scored away to Queen of the South is one of the best goals I've seen in person. It was an absolute raker. Uh, and you scored against Queen of the South from probably about 35 yards out. Now, the, 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 you'd scored against Dunfermline, uh, I think the week before, a very similar goal. So you still had it. You were still putting the boots on and, and still hit the back of the net. But talk to us about your, your decision to, to join Ross County. Well, what happened was I tried to, try to sign Derek for uh, Inverness okay. the, the first time I was there so and I'd, I'd met Derek a, a few times at the coaching courses etc mm-hmm. so when I left my job I was obviously living in, in the Highlands as well and I, I phoned him up I said any chance of coming in training he said yeah come in tomorrow so I go in uh, that day and trained with the, the players and he said 
can uh, come back tomorrow. I went, great, great. So I went in the, I think this was the Friday. So the Friday lunchtime, he speaks to me, he says, Craig, uh, I'd like you to be my player coach. I went, okay, great. So this was, this was at the start of February now. So I, uh, I play a few games for them. Uh, the, I think the first game was away at Dunfermline, scored. And then we, I think we played, and the club were struggling. The struggle, club were struggling down at the bottom of the first division. Mm-hmm. So, the, the uh, I think we drew at Dunfermline. That was my first game. So, we played against Dunfermline again at, in the midweek. Yeah, that's right. So, I think uh, it was one each. And again, 90th minute, I hit this volley. You said uh, the best goal that uh, I've seen down at Queen of the South. This was a better goal, Ian, in the 90th minute against my old club, Dunfermline, <laughs> to win 2 1. And uh, the boys, were, the boys uh, made it uh, aware that, by the way, that was the best goal they'd seen. So, uh, we had a, a bit of a celebration uh, after that and then the final game of the season we had to go away to Capelo and we had to we had to win to make sure that we weren't in any playoffs down to the bottom so yeah. mm-hmm. that so the, the, the few goals I scored uh, you know gave the club uh, good points to, to remain in the in the championship and then or the, the league one and at the end of that season Derek said I want you to hang the boots up and be my assistant Ah right okay so your assistant manager in, in 0910 now again the story almost comes full circle because that season 0910 is a, I don't know, a momentous season for Ross County um, in 94 you're the cup winner for Dundee United in their first ever Scottish Cup final win the second time they win the trophy, you're, you're at Hamden, you're involved again, but you're in the away dugout. Uh, talk to us about that season which culminated in the in the Scottish Cup final, because that was an incredible season for the Staggies. Well, I think I think the uh, the highlight was the Celtic game in the semi-final. Yeah. That was the pinnacle, that was the pinnacle for uh, to go to Glasgow and beat Celtic at Hamden. It was an unbelievable game, which, you know, because Neil Lennon, I think, was the caretaker at the time. He was, yeah. yeah. And uh, he came out after it and absolutely lambasted the Celtic players. But the 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 way that Ross County played that day was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, what a performance. And so, you know, to replicate that in the final was, was a, a difficult ask. Uh, and so I'm standing in the away dugout and uh, the, the Craig Conway, who had signed from Air United, okay, yeah, United yeah. Scored, scored the goals. And David Goodwillie, who I gave uh, first start to, his first start in senior football to, scored the other goal. So uh, I must have done something right at Dundee United anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. You're right. 
and it's a, as I say, it's a strange twist of fate that you're involved in, in Dundee United's two, uh, well, the first two Scottish Cup wins for the club. Um, Derek Adams leaves, uh, I think, a, a third way into the a third of the way into the season, the the following campaign. Now, if I remember rightly, I think you were uh, interim caretaker manager uh, at the club at the time. There, there was there was talk. I think you were in the running for the job as well. I think you were. If I remember rightly, I remember speaking to you actually around about November two thousand and ten, and you were, I think you were quite disappointed not to, not to have got that job. Is that something that you you would have you know grabbed with both hands to be manager of Ross County and take over? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I was caretaker for two games. I think it was still in Albion in the cup, which we won, mm-hmm. and Dun, Dundee in the league, who Dundee were flying at the time. I think uh, well, Dundee won that game, and. Uh, they elected not to give me the job, which was fine. Uh, and then they asked me to work with the, the guy that came in, Willie McStay. And uh, I, I, uh, I chose not to. Uh, and then uh, that was it. That was me finished. And then I uh, waited to the end of the season and, and went to Crowley. And that was where... Yeah, that, yeah, and as we as we said at the very start, that's where you are now. Obviously, you're based down in the, the south of England. You, I want to talk to you about Derek Adams here because you 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 work with Derek Adams at Ross County. You would be you would work again with with Derek Adams uh, later in your your career as well. Uh, talk to us about Derek Adams. He's someone that you work very closely with. Well, I worked uh, for three years with Derek as assistant down at Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a. I knew. I got a hip replacement and he told me not to come back after that. That was uh, in a nutshell. So, uh, Ian, the, that was my time finished with with uh, myself and Derek. Oh, really? Okay, right. I didn't know that. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. After three three years at uh, Plymouth, I got uh, a, hip, a hip up and uh, he told me not to come back. What <laughs> <Bloody> hell? <laughs> so my contract wasn't getting renewed, so not to come back. Okay, right. That was it. Five, five, five years working together. That was it. Bizarre, yeah. bizarre. Yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, well, in that, in that case, in that case, you know, yeah, you're right. Obviously, now you're you're obviously based down in the in the south of England now, and and that's where you, your base is. How do you look back and and sum up that spell? Obviously, this is you know based. Uh, this football podcast is is focusing on the Highlands. You had a. A terrific couple of years in the Highlands. How do you look back and sum up your time up north? With extremely happy memories. From from the word from the word go when I arrived in two thousand four. Yeah, it just felt right. Bought myself a, a flat there. Loved it. Met my my wife to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so many happy memories. Yeah. Craig, I really appreciate your time this morning. Um, it's one of them podcast where I could literally talk to you uh, all morning, all afternoon, but you've got probably things that you need to be getting on with and you don't need to be speaking to me uh, for all the, the rest of your day. But uh, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you again and look over, as I said at the very start, a playing career that, that's had you playing you know, top level in this country and also abroad as well, uh, and especially your managerial career at, uh, at both Inverness uh, and coaching at Ross County as well. Uh, brilliant. Well, Absolute pleasure to speak to you.